Hey everyone, Orange is the New Black Season 4 has kicked off, and we, of course, are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Um, my name is Jessica Lees, and as you are hearing this, Orange is the New Black Season 4 has just dropped on Netflix in its entirety, and my good friend Taylor Cotter and I are going to be here with you all season to break down everything that happens uh, in our favorite uh, women's correctional facility. So, uh, dare I say, welcome back, Cotter. Ha 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 I'm sure you've never gotten that. It's very funny because it's a little bit, it's like a reference that's too old for almost anyone. <laughs> like, it's too old for me. <laughs> right? Like, people say it and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I am too young to, like, I know it because it's a joke people have made forever, but uh, it doesn't really uh, land with anybody. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, but, uh, I am thrilled to be back. Uh, I can't believe we've been doing this. This is our third year recapping this show, and it's going to be great. Yeah, it's kind of crazy sauce. So I guess we will dive right in. We're going to break down um, episode one for you. What did you think so far? Um, So I've only watched episode one so far, and I thought it was only okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. feel you. And uh, what a, I know it's not the big, exciting way I wanted to kick off uh, this summer of recaps. So uh, I am kind of bummed that I can only be lukewarm about this episode. However, I have heard that the rest of the season is excellent. So I'm trying not to uh, let this taint me too much. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm hearing. I'm hearing that we get kind of a slow start for the first few episodes mm-hmm. and then things begin to pick up. So, you know, that seems to be the MO for this show in general. Um, we get kind of the falling action off of the totally crazy pants finale. Yep. And we got to set everything up to put everybody through some new paces now. Right. So yeah, there were so many kind of loose ends from the finale. Uh, they were all, you know, at the lake and they had all escaped. And what did that mean? And, you know, this all these new prisoners coming in. We had so many kind of questions. It was like a perfect, you know, cliffhanger for everything. And this happens to me a lot. And honestly, this is why I don't watch this much serialized television is I feel like it, the ends never justify the setup. And uh, I got uh, like this kind of stuff. I'm like, nothing nothing that crazy happened and it all ended up being pretty low stakes. So, uh, we can go through it blow by blow here, but, uh, I'm not coming in super hot, but I'm coming in with very high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go ahead and just summarize for everybody because I'm sure, I'm sure some of you out there probably binge watched season three this week in preparation for season four, but many of us probably did not. So I didn't. And uh, everyone, I, you guys are going to kill me. I don't have, I could barely remember people's names. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like my notes are all just, uh, oh, that guy and that guy and that guy. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I, I was able to put most of it back together, but I, I'm, didn't have the time, didn't have the 13 hours to dedicate to rewatch. Yeah, nor did I. Fortunately, yeah. there's a wiki out there. Mm-hmm. And with a show that's got a cast this huge, if you don't have a wiki, I don't know how anybody keeps track of anything. I know. And now that they're essentially doubling the prison population, that's twice as many names I have to learn. Yeah, because that was one thing this show definitely needed was a whole bunch more people that we have to keep track of. Right. Anyway, we left off last season um, 
we could just kind of give you the very quick 10 second summary. All the inmates broke through the fence, had a swimming party, and everybody was out swimming except Alex, who's in the greenhouse. And it turns out that one of the guards is really the creepy toothpick guy hitman that's coming after her because she ratted out her boss. He's about to kill her. The entire rest of the staff just walked off the job. A hundred new inmates came in. Caputo got promoted to warden. Daya had a baby. Morello got married. Black Cindy had her <laughs> full conversion to Judaism. That's yeah. pretty much Great all recap. The, pretty much all the high points, right? Yeah. Yep. We did uh, we did thirteen hours of recaps last summer that you pretty much <laughs> distilled into uh, a good thirty seconds, which is perfect. Well, it's nice to know that all of our hard work pays <laughs> off in the end. Perfect. So that's everything that's going on um, at this point in time, and we might as well dive right into the what I think has got to be the headline for this episode. Alex, not dead. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Didn't get killed by the toothpick guy. I know. And so it, I, I love Alex's character. I think she's super unique and interesting and good and like is this foil and like sardonic, like cool person. And, uh, but also like, ugh, like it would have just been so like ballsy if they had killed her. And I was kind of like, all right, well, now we have to deal with like this, uh, this kind of story of like this guy that we don't care about uh alex you know turning the tables on him and lolly right lolly yeah coming in and uh uh saving her so i don't know wasn't it wasn't the big dramatic death that i was hoping for yeah and this is kind of one of those shows like I think just about any prestige serialized drama, you kind of hope that you'll have something interesting like a death every so often. Not mm-hmm. that I would be, not that I would be elated to lose Alex because right. I agree she's a great character, but it did seem like the way they set this up was very much: are we getting Laura Prepon back or not? Right, and they have an out either way, and mm-hmm. I feel like when they do that. It's very transparent. Yes, agreed. So I would I would have liked to have seen this handled a different way. And this isn't the first time they've done that with her. Like It's true. <laughs> so I don't know, it's just every time and Laura Prebon will stay on this show. Like and I think that's probably clear now. So it's just one of those things that like, all right, are we going to do this every season because we don't know who's coming and who's going? Like it's I mean, I don't know. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I really appreciate how upset it makes everybody. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I want I want that from the shows that I watch. I want that big, emotional, dramatic, uh, like, we didn't see this coming kind of thing. And I guess it's also, maybe it's different because this is a binge-type show that they don't have that week over week to be like, uh, you know, next time on Orange is the New Black, like, this crazy thing will happen like but they should still they should still be taking more risks i think with this kind of thing that was why this episode bummed me out i felt like there weren't any risks it's true it reminded me like without giving a whole bunch away and spoiling another show it was very much like we just wrapped up the walking dead a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and the walking dead was touting all season long that there's going to be this big major character death at the end of the finale we get to the finale and there's a big major character death but they don't tell you who it is 
Yeah. And I feel like maybe that's the new gold standard in cheap cliffhangers. Mm -hmm. And this is very much in that vein, even though it came first. There was this excellent article, I want to say, on Vox a couple weeks ago that was like the death of TV characters and how prevalent it is and how like sometimes it's very earned and sometimes it's not earned and that audiences are so cheapened to death lately that they're just like, you know, it's ex- an expected character arc. And like, th- yeah, I am and I want it. <laughs> like, I want dramatics. Like, shows right now are so crazy that these kind of episodes that are just like uh, filler and like wrapping up storylines and like are very plotty don't really do it for me. I'm, you know, I'm a cheap, dumb person. I just want to see dramatic stuff on my TV all the time. Yeah, I we need to set up the chess pieces, and I appreciate that. But yeah. at this point, it really, it would have been much creepier, I think, and more effective if maybe they didn't even just, they just didn't even go back to Alex at all, ever, after that scene where you just see the toothpick guy. And then there's yeah. like maybe a little fallout, like, huh, where's Alex? Oh, dear, I bet something happened to her. And I think it would have been much more of a risk if they had killed her off, even though I don't know that that would have been totally unexpected either. I'm not sure there's a way they could go with this, except I think what they have done with it is pretty great because there's only one way to get out of this situation. That is to murder the guy. Right. Which Lolly does like 90% of the way by kicking him in the throat repeatedly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty impressed that someone that's Lori Petty's size could, you know, get that much leverage on a guy. I know. Uh, yeah, she really nails it. I love Lori Petty. Like, she's, like, so like such an interesting character. And I, yeah, it just goes to town. And I guess, so, does he actually die? Uh, that's a good question, because you do see that Alex has to go back into the greenhouse in the middle of the night and finish him off. But Right. You know, it could be argued that this is sort of like she seems pretty out of it when she gets up in the morning and like she has forgotten she has to go deal with this. Uh, But yeah, it looks like he's not totally dead. He's probably mostly dead. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure that Miracle Max could bring him back at this point. But, you know, you got to you got to tie up that loose end or bad shit's going to happen. Right. And that, and like, I do like seeing these girls be badasses and like take out this bad guy and all this stuff, but, uh, it wasn't a storyline I was ever super, super invested in. Uh, so hopefully it's something that they can kind of clean up. If this just becomes more drama for Alex and like her mob and drug dealer boyfriend, I'll just be like, eh, we've literally been watching this for four years. Like, can we find something else for Alex to do. Well, the drug dealers now apparently like I'm surprised they wouldn't like check the prison records or the newspapers or anything. Right, right. That might like you would think, but who knows? Also, I bet people die in prison all the time and we never hear about it. I suppose. That's my conspiracy. <laughs> so. You you would think there'd be an obituary somewhere. True. True. For like a 28-year-old girl who died in prison or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Murdered in prison under suspicious circumstances. Yeah. That kind of makes headlines. Yes. I guess. Maybe not. Um, But I will tell you, I did get on board with this storyline at the point at which Frida entered it. Yes. 
because Frida, I think, is one of the one of the unsung heroes of this program. I think one of my favorite characters very quickly. Totally. She's someone they never gave her a backstory, right? They've they've hinted at a few things like she is someone who did something pretty awful because she's been in there a while. Yeah. And I think the insinuation is that she, like some of the other Golden Girls, was in Max for a very long time and then got promoted back to the lo- the minimum security facility for good behavior. Yes. But she's someone who definitely has a pretty checkered criminal past. And she's someone who isn't at all phased by the fact that there's a dead guy in her greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a badass. And we uh, we didn't get any flashbacks in this episode, which of the flashbacks are like my favorite thing about this show. So I think that probably bums me out, too. Uh, but I hope we if they're doing how they have done in the past, which is, you know, flashbacks to fill in these stories. I think we are long overdue for a Frida flashback. She's definitely at the top of my list. And I think like towards the end of the program, I think we'll definitely kind of give our wish list for the season. Mm-hmm. But that would be number one on my wish list. I want I want Frida's backstory because someone who just comes in is like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm going to help you chop up this body. Yeah, that's someone I want to know for sure. Yeah, she's so badass. Someone who could be useful. Yeah, I like and I love when they kind of give these people that have been around forever more more stuff to do. It's very interesting to me. Yeah, I'd say like 75% of the time it's interesting to me. True. <laughs> like there are characters, if you told me in episode one, or even like the end of season one, this random person is going to be, you know, they're going to have like a tour de force performance. They're going to be pretty major. I think most of the time that works very well. And many, many characters on this show have kind of risen from the ranks of the, you know, the extras. Totally. Like, for example, Danielle Brooks was supposed to have one episode, and she's now, Tasty is now one of the best characters on the show. Yes. And I think that's been the case with a lot of characters. I mean, sometimes it's hit and miss. There are a few that I'm like, really, we're getting a flashback from this person? Yeah, I would say, and I really like this actress, but like, probably the Leanne storyline last season was like, maybe unnecessary. Like, and it's hard because all these, uh, like, all the actresses are really great and interesting. And, like, no matter what, it's kind of interesting to see, like, what someone's life was like before they're in prison. But, it, uh, like, some of them seem a little more forced than others, I guess. Yeah. 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 I it, It's really funny. It can go either way. Because I thought Leanne is one of the least interesting characters to me. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was the most out-of-left-field flashback. Right. I guess that's my point is, like, it seemed like... Uh, uh, I like it was interesting and like I never would have expected it but is it like did I never expect it because it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah there's <laughs> or, that yeah. or did I not expect it because like I was just not paying attention to any of the clues the whole time and it could easily be either yeah well they've, they've dropped that in I think they kind of built that whole story without going on too much of a tangent they built that whole story on a tiny exchange that she and Pusey have in German Right. And it's like, why are you fluent in German and why are you fluent in German? And we find out in both cases. Right. I get a little like, especially in these conversations, like I start like waxing like philosophic on the entire like process of creating television shows. And for me, like, it's so interesting to think like, did people know, like, did Genji Cohan or whatever know these things about these characters the whole time? Or did they, are they like, 
you know, kind of elbowing in these, uh, like these as they go along. Cause they're like, well, now we have seven seasons of the show to get through. Like we need to figure out more content. So. And I think there's an embarrassment of riches here. Yeah. I think they've got so many different directions. I think the show is really splintering, which, you know, on one hand, that's great because it means we're not subjected constantly to the adventures of Piper, which we'll get to in a minute. Yes. But on the other hand, it does seem like sometimes it's just one thing coming at you after another. And there are many, many, many characters we could probably keep in the background for a while. But anyway, speaking of Piper, <laughs> anyway, back to this episode, back to this episode and back to Piper, um, who in the finale basically sold Ruby Rose out mm-hmm. and got her put in Max for stealing money and now apparently fancies herself some sort of prison kingpin. She's so funny. Like She's like a sophomore. Like, that's how I would describe <laughs> Piper. <laughs> yeah. Like she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been around for a while. I know how this works. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what Piper is. Yep. And pretty much nobody is interested in what Piper has to say. Nobody really cares what she did, and that's kind of Piper in a nutshell. Yep. I think like it's a real mouthpiece for like the audience temperature on Piper, right? Like no one or very few people are super into her as a character. Um and they've really been able to double down on making her even in like uh just everything is just seeping with privilege and even stuff like this that's like oh yeah like why aren't people respecting me i did something so cool <laughs> um, it's like no one cares <laughs> sorry girl yeah tree fell in the forest no one was around to hear yep. it <laughs> yeah and you know we are we are pretty hard on piper yes it is true um and the storyline about the prison panties brought some decent laughs last season but i really don't know where piper goes from here that could be at all interesting i really fear that the rest of the season is just going to be her waltzing around being like trust no bitch you know i'm the biggest badass in the prison i'm running this show and everybody just kind of not caring sure if that is the case they're She'll have to have some sort of like comeuppance or something happen to her to shake her back to reality because I can't imagine that she's like, I think it was very clear from this episode. It's like she thinks she's a badass and she is not a badass. So, uh, how like she's definitely going to learn that at some point. And I hope, uh, yeah, and dear guy, I just hope it's interesting. Like, and yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. Like, I can't, I can't venture a guess as to what that's going to be. I hope it's not based in entrepreneurship or something. Uh, but I hope it's cool. I would yeah. love to see more Piper's family. Like, they were always her biggest redeeming factor. So I don't know. Maybe something bad will happen to her family. I don't know. You know, you know, you're at a bad point with a character when you start wishing for bad things to happen to their family, <laughs> so they'll be more interesting. Yeah, and I guess, uh, yeah, I do. I want something bad to happen to Piper's family. No, I don't want something bad to happen to anyone's family. Uh, do I want Piper to like go through more real shit? Yeah, like that's what this show was supposed to be about. Like it was, and I wanted, and it ended up being about the way more interesting other people in the prison. So, but I would love to see more of. Uh, Piper, uh, Piper learning and growing and becoming a more full person. Yeah, because I think that was that was the intent in the beginning. 
I think, was that this was going to be Piper's world and she was going to be our, our entry point and our point of evolution. But she really, she really has kind of stagnated mm-hmm. despite, you know, finding her entrepreneurial spirit. So I, yeah, I would like to see, I would like to see her brought low and redeemed. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So I, yeah, I co-signed. Yeah. And, and to be honest, not a whole lot of Piper in this episode, not a lot of screen time. Yeah, it's it's about the regular amount when you consider about how much we saw of her in season three. True. And it's about, I don't want much more than that. Yeah. Like we can kind of, she like many people this episode, we just kind of saw them to remind us that they're there. Like we yeah. saw, we got, Morello got a great lengthy monologue about her wedding mm-hmm. and about her ex-boyfriend and his loafers. And we got... A really tense, tiny moment of Pensatucky interacting with Donut Guard. Yep. And he is legitimately puzzled as to why things got awkward after he raped her. Yeah, this is like very scary and terrible. And I, it's a story I am very interested to see what they do with, um, what they do with. And I, yeah, it's like, oh, so emotional and hard to watch. It is. And I'm glad that they didn't just drop it. Oh, yeah. Because they very well. I think a lesser show would have just dropped it like, oh, we we resolved that. She's not driving the van anymore. Right. But we're going to keep going back there and we're going to keep seeing these people. And this, I think we're also more and more over the course of the series, we've gotten to know the administration a little bit better. So I think we could, you know, we get a Caputo flashback last season. I think we're going to be seeing more of that as well. Yeah. Even yeah. as we have apparently lost a lot of our favorite staff. I know. So and this is what I wanted to make sure. So um, our favorites, whose names I could not remember. O'Neill and Bill, my yes. OTP. They're gone. I hope they're not gone forever. They can't be. Everyone loves them. I mean, I want them to move on past the prison and like find new careers and lead fulfilling lives together. But I would miss them. I know. I guess if anyone was prime for spinoff <laughs> and it would be like, it would be like Mike and Molly or like some sort of uh, couples uh, sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Like, we want the blue collar. Yeah. It's like a blue collar sitcom where O'Neill and Bell, like maybe they open some sort of shop together. They're former prison guards that, you know, they, they're learning how to love. Oh, that would be a great show. It would like yeah. of all of the spinoffs that I would watch from this show. That's the best one. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, if they get their own like Netflix exclusive, then that's great. But otherwise, I hope that they will come back and pay us a, at least a visit every so often. Agreed. Because I will miss them the way that O'Neill is going to miss that riot gear. Right. And I like, I guess the incompetent corrections officer is probably like, I don't know. Uh, believe me, I have no idea whether it's a real thing or not, but it is something that has been a consistent trope throughout this show and i like it so much better when the co's are like competent and good um and like maybe other bad things happen but it's so much more interesting and so all these like little kids they're the new co's are kind of just like stressful to watch well it looks like we're getting someone who's like at least halfway good at his job the scary scary guard that's what piscatella is his name yes he looks he looks a bit like the Kurgan from Highlander. That is another dated reference. But <laughs> are there a lot of Italian people in Litchfield? I would guess that upstate New York is probably pretty full of Italian people. Yeah. I'm mean, gonna guess I'm like I was I had just picked we had Caputo, 
We have uh, Figueroa, Piscatella. I think Figueroa may be a Hispanic origin name. Oh, really? I'm not sure. Um, We haven't really gotten that flashback yet, although I'm sure it's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Piscatello is the new guy. He's they've brought him in um, maybe temporarily, maybe for longer from from Max. But we spent a lot of time on him for him not to be sticking around. Oh, yeah. He'll be important. Yeah. He's he seems like someone who actually is semi good at his job. And they're going to need that because now the prison population has doubled and they're going to need to not have like. 16-year-old chubby baby-faced kids. Yes. Someone's yeah, it, got a little authority. <laughs> yeah. As as mean and by the book as this guy was, I was kind of like, yeah, like this is how it sh- should be. <laughs> like, people should be taking this seriously. I mean, this is prison. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I thought prison was like. And despite the fact that everybody just kind of, you could apparently chop up a body in broad daylight and nobody says anything. Right. That would have never flown if this guy had been there on time. Yeah, not on his watch. Yes. So, more from him in the future, I'm sure. Um, let's go over to Suzanne, who mm-hmm. um, has made a new friend with uh, Cucudio, who is absolutely one of those random B-list characters who's going to get a flashback episode way before we actually care. I, I Probably, but I kind of thought this might have been her, like, swan song. Maybe so, but they dropped some tantalizing hints about her. Yeah. Um. I love her. <laughs> She's like, uh, you're totally right that there's way more like characters out there that are like, you know, that have been contributing to this show for a long time that I really want to know more about. And I don't even care if we learn more about this character, to be honest. But she, there's so, she was like, <laughs> this was very funny. Like for me, she was like saying things and I was like, yeah, like I would say that. Or like, you just like her because she does improv. She does improv. I. It was later. <laughs> she's saying all these things about how she like. Uh, she's making her own reality, and like, <laughs> and I was like, that's something that Taylor would say. Like, I love that stuff. And then she has improv. I'm like she is like me. And then we find out that she's batshit insane. <laughs> and uh, I still have related to her more than I've related to anyone on this show. Uh, but. I was sad about her seeming uh, uh, fall from grace. <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit out of favor. Yeah, it's true. Um, but she, yeah, she's kind of a manic pixie dream girl, like right yep. down to the flower crown and the skipping. Um, but it turns out that, you know, maybe she came on a little too strong for Suzanne. And Suzanne's, you know, she's a little skittish. She really wasn't into breaking up her routine. Mm hmm. Um, And we got another tantalizing hint about Suzanne as well, because they're talking in the woods. And I thought this was really interesting. And I hope that they're not just dangling in in front of us perpetually. Like they have for four years. Like they have for four years. But Cucudio says to Suzanne, I want to get out of here. I didn't hurt anybody. And Suzanne says, I did hurt someone. Mm -hmm. And now I got to know. I know. This has been the, like... The thing that I feel like we've talked about every single time, it's the one thing we want and like it's just hanging there. And at this point, it's kind of like we need to know, like we just have so little information about Suzanne. She's the most compelling character on the show. And I just want anything to show us like how this girl ended up the way she is. And uh I want it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one flashback episode we got from her was maybe one of the best episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. And 
I think if anybody is due for another flashback, it's definitely her. Yes. So if we're going back to anybody, like, let's not give Piper a fourth flashback episode. Fourth or fifth at this point, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I always enjoy seeing Red, but before we go back to either of them, we really got to go back and we got to find out a little bit more about Suzanne. Agreed. However, I think they did also hint that we're getting, I think I would be very surprised if we did not get a Kakudio flashback, just based on the conversation she has in Caputo's office, where he's looking through her file, and whatever is in there, he's pretty shocked by it. Mm -hmm. So I think that is definitely, they're dropping another hint. They want us to care what she's in for, too. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's hard. They're introducing a lot of new characters, or they will be introducing a lot of new characters to the show kind of inorganically. Uh, So I think if we do have these couple interesting characters that have organically grown and become uh, more main players, hopefully we can learn more about them. Because the worst thing that could happen is like all the next flashback episodes are all just based on these people we don't even know yet uh, when we have still so much to do. So I wouldn't be mad about Kakudio flashback episode. I'm sure it's her doing everything that I do <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be terrible um and uh I wouldn't be mad about it but I definitely the Suzanne one is top priority for me yeah absolutely I I want to see them both I want to see the Suzanne one first yeah we've waited longer for that and Kakudio really only got interesting to me this episode yeah I was really not on board with her until this point um and it's very interesting. There's a random Blair Witch house out in the middle of the woods. I know see that coming. Yeah, that was so weird. Like I was like, this was really just here. Um, I wa- I hope that becomes relevant. It would be funny if they like had a place to go. Yeah, a little clubhouse in the woods. Yeah. Just slip through the fence whenever you're feeling lonely. Go hang out in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's it's, in this uh, prison. It's totally plausible. Totally, and I think you know this show. It doesn't suffer from this, but it can be a little. Uh, I'm sure, like, I'm sure it's annoying to only have the singular location. Uh, so if there could be a, another place for people to go, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of like every episode is a bottle episode yep. when you're in prison. Mm-hmm. So anyway, another interesting new character has arrived in the form of Judy King. Yeah, this was really teased like middle of last season i guess um and then it looked like it wasn't gonna happen and that was like well it'll definitely happen i kind of it was funny like i remember you saying that like from the real oranges and the new black like they were actually you know on edge thinking that martha stewart could come to their their prison and it didn't happen uh so i didn't know how true to life they were staying but this seems like a pretty fun development that I I can get behind. I mean, I'm fairly certain that nothing from the actual book has happened in this show since about season one. That makes sense. I Actually, the first episode of season two is is in the book, where Piper flies to Chicago and has to testify in the trial and runs mm-hmm. into her ex. Um, that's all in the book, and that kind of spoiled that episode for me, but mm-hmm. ever since that point, we've really kind of left our source material behind. I think it's better that way. And you knew that when they showed the Martha Stewart character and everybody's thinking, oh, she's coming here. Oh, she's not coming here. It's a TV show. They're going to deliver. They're going to bring us the Martha Stewart character. And she's clearly supposed to be Martha Stewart, but I really got more of a Paula Deen vibe from her. Same. I did too. And I, like, I think 
I, they're, I'm a big Law & Order SVU person, which I'm sure I've talked about on this podcast before. And they had a Paula Dean type episode. Like a, I remember which, that one, yeah. Of course they did. And I, I don't know if it was the same actress. I don't think it was. But I think they might have looked alike. And that's what put me in that mindset. So I was like, I got the same kind of same vibe from her. And also she's a little Reba McIntyre. Yeah, a little bit. She's got the red hair. Yeah, that's probably the only <laughs> real uh, comparison. But she seems great. Yeah, I, I want to see more from her. Um, I like, well, Lushek kind of makes everybody better. He's so fun. I love him. I'm glad he didn't walk off the job. Me too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a total jerk. And I haven't forgiven him for what he did to Nikki. Right. But, you know... If we got to have somebody around to fart on Caputo's cookies. <laughs> He's one of those guys, like, I know guys like this in real life that are not super nice. They're immature and they're, like, kind of douchey. But, like, they're so charismatic and charming that, like, you kind of just love them anyway. <laughs> like, and to me, that's so Lushek. I'm like, oh, but, like, look at him. Like, he, he's just, like, a nice guy, even though, like, he's probably not at all a nice guy. Yeah, it's true. And I think he's very relatable. I think yep. that's one of the things that I find very endlessly interesting about him. Like, you kind of feel like, you know, why was, why did Fisher want to date him? And mm -hmm. then you're like, no, no, I get it. Yep, he's, I he's, get it. He's funny and he's down to earth and he is kind of what you see is what you get. And what you see is a total douchebag, but you know it going yep. in. And he's fun to be around. He's definitely... He lifts the mood. Totally. And, I like him. And he knows how to change the toner in your printer. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, and with all the kids running around, it'll be good to have him there. Yeah. I think I'm glad he's stuck. I'm glad, definitely glad he's stuck around. Um, and we learned a lot of interesting things about Judy King. Um, mm -hmm. She is in a polyamorous triad, apparently. <laughs> yep. And pretty much drops that in there. I don't know if she would describe it that way, but yeah. <laughs> she has a husband and a boyfriend. Yep. Much like Tilda Swinton. Yes. And good for her. She seems very happy with it. And it looks like they were told not to give her any special treatment, but everybody's giving her special treatment anyway. Mm hmm And I'm yeah. not sure what the repercussions of, like, they have her camping out on an air mattress in Healy's office. That's got to be... That's that's going to be interesting to see like how long that lasts, how much special treatment she gets and whether it really shakes things up around there. I know I am really I mean, we already saw her interact with Pusey very briefly, but I'm very interested for everyone that she comes into contact with, uh, especially, you know, the girls that don't take any shit from anybody. So it'll be good. Yeah, it's it's. And it's also going to be interesting how prison changes her. Yes. Because I think we're going to get more evolution out of Judy King in one season than we got out of Piper Chapman in three. That's probably true. And I like kind of introducing an element to make this season interesting right at the top. Like we have, I guess, the all the new prisoners coming in. But like one character that you can kind of latch into, V is the obvious example that was mm -hmm. very similar to this. Um, and I don't think this is necessarily a it's a parallel just in the sense that it's like here's here's the person that we're going to follow for a little bit i appreciate that yeah it definitely it's definitely good when you have the arc set up right away and you know with all the craziness that was kind of all the falling action we got this episode we had you know we watched caputo chasing his tail for the entire episode where you know there's a you know what they're terming a riot like, everybody broke out of the prison. Judy King is here. A hundred new inmates are here. 
And all of this stuff kind of happening and managing to not be terribly interesting. This is the one thing that really you want to know where it goes. Yes. Like it didn't feel totally wrapped up at the end. I agree. Exactly. So I'll be very interested to see like, you know, can she make something out of prison slop? Um, yeah, I think she and she and Red will be, they'll either be best friends or worst enemies. Probably both. I'm guessing worst enemies because Red doesn't like it when, you know, people step to her turf. And yeah. it's another another middle-aged redhead. I know, they both have red hair. Perhaps competing for Healy's affections. Yeah. Ooh. It's, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. It's yeah. Be very interesting. Speaking of, we did get some Healy at home. <laughs> A little bit. Yep. Um, that's about all the Healy I need in any given episode. <laughs> yeah, that was more than enough. I kind of hope we're done. Yeah, couldn't he have walked off the job? I know. That was my least, he's my least favorite character and uh, just upsets me. Like, he's uh, he's compelling and everything, you know, like, it's very, like, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, upsetting to watch is probably the best way to describe anything where Healy is. He's really the opposite number of Luchek because we know yep. Luchek is kind of a dirtbag of a human being, but we like him and we're endeared to him anyway. Yes. Whereas Healy is somebody that you seem like, it seems like on the surface he's very sympathetic and he's a very nice guy, but you know that under that surface, there's something about him you just really don't like. And I know. And like, I know people like that in real life, <laughs> I do too. too. Yeah. <laughs> And if I have to spend the whole season like listening to him go off about how he hates lesbians, I think I'm not going to make it through all 13 episodes. Right. Yeah. I hope we have moved on from that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I hope we I hope we don't necessarily spend a a huge amount of time on him and his backstory in a show where we could be focusing on the backstory of literally 100 other people. Totally. So that that's my word on Healy. Is there anybody else that we haven't touched on that we need to revisit while we're here? Um, there's one thing, one like kind of throwaway thing that, uh, when the new prisoners are coming in, uh, Piper and Lolly or Lolly says that one of the girls there is one of the girls they saw in Chicago. Yeah. I can't tell if that was true or not. Yeah, me neither. I was like, I don't remember that was two years ago. Um, but that could be interesting. Black Cindy got a Muslim roommate. Yeah, that's interesting. That will most certainly be opened up as a commentary on Judaic-Islamic relations. Yes, yes. I'm sure we can like talk about it's going to be some kind of microcosm bringing peace to the Middle East or something like that. I'm looking forward to that. Normally I would be like, oh, whatever. But I think <laughs> uh, Cindy was so great last season that I am excited for anything that she wants to do. Yeah, and if you'd told me, like, even w- around the time that Cindy was getting her flashback episode, we thought it was one of the weaker episodes. Mm-hmm. We were like, why are we talking about Cindy when we could be finding out what Suzanne did? <laughs> and yet she's really turned it around. Yep. I, yeah. I think she's another one of those breakout characters where you didn't necessarily think the first time you saw her that maybe, maybe she's just somebody that's in the background and you even find out a little bit about her and she's not terribly compelling. And she's made herself compelling. She's found right. that groove and it'll be interesting to see where that goes as well. Right. I mean, that's something I love so much about this show is like no one is a background character. You know, there's a thousand parallel universes to this where like each of those characters is the main character of this show. Uh, and I love that. I mean, at the risk of sounding trite, it's right there in the theme song. That's remember true. all their faces, remember all their voices. Yeah. It's kind of amazing like how well that has fit the entire scope of the show i know oh this show is so good and 
I did shit a little bit all over this episode because, but like, it's so, it's like, I mean, it's not like I could do this better. <laughs> like they have so <laughs> many characters and so many storylines and they need to move forward at some point. They can't just be showing me a million flashbacks of every single character, of how they got in prison. So yeah, into everyone's right, life, I'll eat few, my words <laughs> into everyone's life. A few chess pieces must fall. True. Um, so we talked about who we saw. We were mm-hmm. happy to see who we didn't really care who we, whether we saw them or not. Didn't we see? So here's the thing about who we didn't see. I don't remember where they left off. So I'm like, <laughs> like, so what the last we heard of uh, Sophia, she was moved to another prison, right? They stuck her in the shoe. Yeah. So that would have been cool to mention, I guess. But um, uh, who knows? I mean, I guess this is the same day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so though a year has passed in my life, no time has passed for them, which I have to remember. Yeah. Um, and so I guess mentioning that Sophia in, in the shoe when she was probably only put there in their time minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. She's been in the shoe for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yep. At it's this not point. a big deal. But it was a little jarring, especially when you consider that's basically the reason Berbiglia walked off the job. Right. Yeah. And, and no real. They, it was Caputo just kind of being like, I'm the warden now, which is true and good. Fine. But <laughs> yeah, a little ignorant of everything that led up to that point. I think my reaction, much like um, young Bailey. Uh, congratulations, I guess. <laughs> yep. Good for you, Caputo. Um, but yeah, they. I am very interested to see what happens there. Like, how long is she going to be in there? What can they do about it? And especially with 100 new bodies in there, it's going to be it may be a while before we get back to her, and I hope it's not too long. Totally. And we didn't see any Sister Ingalls. I hope she's back. Um, I can't. I, I mean, she wasn't there when... Uh, she was on the beach, I think. Okay. At the end of the last season. Yeah. But and we didn't I watched see her a, at all. I didn't want, rewatch. I watched a little bit of the season finale before we watched the, before I watched the episode. Um, so I probably got confused. Yeah, no Sister Ingalls. No Norma. Yeah, like Norma shows up in in frame for like five seconds. Okay, but that's yeah, about I think we're going to get so much of that this season, and I think the show's been renewed now for like three more seasons after this. I think so. I'm guessing that it's not going to be as urgent for them to follow up with a lot of people. So, you know, maybe we won't see any about anything from these people. I hope there's not someone that we don't see anything from yeah i agree it's kind of funny i wonder what they're going to do for production because generally there hasn't been any jump in time at all right every season is picked up right where the last one left off yeah which you kind of have to do because otherwise people will be getting out it's minimum security prison (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense um like only about a year has gone by in real time right and i guess i wonder if they're gonna like stack production or if they're gonna you know film for three months a year, every year for the next seven years. I don't know. Well, there's no child actors. Yeah, they're not going to worry about that. So I guess they can do it. So no, Sophia. I hope Nikki comes back in some capacity at least. Yeah, even just to see how she's doing. A few minutes would be fine. Yep. Uh, Very little er, uh, so-so. Yeah, um, although so-so seems to have wrapped up her storyline pretty well. Yeah. Anything that happens with her now is going to be, it's going to be all new territory. It's going to be opening a new chapter. True. And we can hold off on that for a while. I yep. think she seems like she's pretty happy. She's found a new group. Yep. 
Who still needs a flashback in the worst way? Um, besides Suzanne. And Frida. Yeah, and Frida. I, would like, I mean, I like Pusey. I felt like her flashback was pretty weak for a very popular character. But I don't know if she has, like, a crazy backstory. Yeah, I mean, some people have done crazy things. And some right. people just kind of run-of-the-mill crime. Right. I don't have anyone top of mind. What about you? Yeah, there are characters that I'm surprised we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they've been here the entire time. Like, I'm surprised we don't know anything about Gina. Yeah, Gina is Leanne's friend. Um, no, Angie is, is Leanne's okay. friend. Gina is uh, Red's tiny sidekick. Yes, yes. Who got burned. Uh, Angie is the one that I was thinking of, that she's <laughs> always around. Yeah, Angie's <laughs> the one I think we'll probably get a flashback from that we don't care about. Yeah, like, if it's super compelling, then I'll care, but she's such a lackey of a character that... Uh, I haven't cared about her yet in watching this show for three seasons. Yeah. So. I mean, the most interesting thing that happened to Angie was when they accidentally let her out last I season. Know. Hmm? That might be the most interesting thing that's ever happened to her. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, a pretty interesting thing. but yeah. And I mean, not to say that the most interesting thing that any of these people have ever done is what they did to get them into prison, because that's a very sure. reductive. And I think the whole point of the show is that everybody has their own, like very rich backstory. It's about who they are, not what ne- necessarily what they committed. Right. And the flashbacks honestly honor that point quite a bit um, that, you know, we, and even with Suzanne, if we don't find out, I would love to find out exactly what she did. Even if we didn't, what's like so much more interesting to me is like just her life. Like, and I think it is very thoughtful of how they're writing these stories is they'll flash back and they'll show kind of this is why this girl is the way she is. And maybe that has a lot to do with the crime she committed. And maybe it doesn't. They're like, sometimes shit just happens. Yeah, it's true. And I think, I think like in Pousset's case, that's, it's very true. Like who she is is not what she did. Right. And everything we learn about her is, you know, maybe not what we expected. And that's been the case for a lot of people. Um, So I would say, I would also like to hear from Lolly. I want to know more about her. And I have heard the rumor that we're getting a Lolly flashback this season. Cool. Maybe not till much later in the season, but um, the word I heard to describe it is heartbreaking. I don't want to spoil too much. That's all I really know. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. I am too. She's such a great actress. Yeah. And I love that they brought her back. Me too. So I hope she sticks around. And I'm really interested to see how this relationship she has with Alex has kind of gone from adversarial into conspiratorial. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to love to see how that develops because she's also kind of unhinged. And I'm not sure how well she's going to keep that secret. Yeah. But... You know, if maybe, you know, we got the guy under the tomatoes, maybe that's all we're going to see. That's okay, too. Yeah. One thing is for sure, like this, the first episode is almost always the weakest. That's true. And in like this, if anything, it just does give me so much like to look forward to for the rest of the season that, uh, yeah, I can't imagine what it's like trying to tell this story and to do it in. 13 straight hours once a year <laughs> like so thinking about how how much information is here and not everything can be some big dramatic death taylor you have to <laughs> like, uh have to put up with some of these es- essential storytelling elements to get to the dramatic stuff so i i know this show i trust this show i think they're gonna pull it off we ate our vegetables yes and now we get to sit back and get dessert perfect so, 
with that in mind, um, I just want to remind everybody that there are many wonderful things happening at Post Show Recaps that are all like dessert and much less like vegetables. <laughs> uh, we are currently recapping many, many fine series, including uh, Game of Thrones, which is just winding down. we got two more episodes of that. Mike Bloom and I are going to be touching base later this weekend to wrap up Orphan Black. And there's always Seinfeld recaps and much, much more over on postshowrecaps.com. Oh, I want to do a, a cross promo for another post-show recap. Oh, um, yes, please. A uh, Mike, I believe Mike Bloom and Ali Lasher recap the Tony Awards, oh, which, yeah, that was which features uh, Kimiko Glenn and Danielle Brooks from uh, the Broadway shows that they are in. They were both in the Tony Awards. So crossover. Bringing it all back. Yeah. Fantastic. I definitely highly encourage you all to re- listen to that recap of the Tony Awards if you have not already. And as the summer progresses, we'll be bringing you all kinds of excellent content. And uh, Taylor and I have not figured out exactly how we're going to break down the episodes, but it'll probably be much like last season where we'll we'll throw a few in at a time and we'll hopefully get this all to you before you have finished binge watching the entire series because nothing's weirder than like two months down the line. Oh, right. Orange is the New Black. I remember when that was on when I watched it all in 24 hours. Yeah, I would say we'll try to get next two to three weeks we'll hopefully get everything out to you yeah we'll we'll wrap it all up in a timely fashion um so you can follow me over on twitter we'd love to hear your feedback um you can tweet at us you can leave us comments uh, you can go give us some good reviews and vote us up on itunes that's all very much helpful and appreciated you can follow me on twitter i am at haymaker hattie I am at Taylor Cotter. We really love to hear from you about what you expect for the season, uh, what you liked, what you disliked. And we will hopefully be taking more of your feedback in future episodes. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll be covering episodes two, three, and four in the next few days. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.